RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Jessica Maxwell is a local Havelock North resident and she's lived close to the Mungaroa Dam and stream for 36 years. She says she knew that the council had neglected the stream but had no idea about the neglect of the dams. So we thought we'd uh, get uh, Jessica on RCR to tell us more. Jessica Maxwell, welcome to Reality Check Radio. Great to have you. Thank you very much, Paul, and thanks for inviting me on. Okay, so this is uh, obviously uh, really of interest. Well, (laughs) negligence is one thing, but we've had this cyclone Gabriel, which I'm sure has added another dimension to that. So you've been there for 36 years. That's quite a stretch. And in that time, what have you been aware of regards the dam and the stream? I'm picking you were more aware of the stream first off. Yes, I was. I live in a street that um, is next to the Mangarau stream. Luckily, I live on the other side of the stream, but my neighbours across the road all suffered uh, quite um, uh, quite substantial um, erosion uh, through the, throughout the cyclone hmm. um, due to the volume of the water that was coming uh, raging down from the Mangarau Dam, which is about 700 metres from where I live. And just for anybody that's listening, it's not a concrete dam in the way that you think of a dam. These, uh, there are five dams um, above Havelock North, and they're actually just dry dams, uh, like farmland, and they only uh, come into play in very, very, very heavy rain. And they're um, put through a cu- the streams. Uh, there are five streams. Um, the streams are put through a concrete culvert. And when the volume of water becomes so much that it can't get through the culvert, then it backs up into um, and creates a dam. And in the case of the Mangarau Dam, it um, was just huge. I think somewhere around 400,000 cubic metres of water stretching about five acres um, built up and it spilled over the spillway um, and bypassed the culvert and that added um, more sort of a a tsunami of um, water and, and debris. And that was very disappointing because as part of their resource consent, which they get from the regional council, they, um, the district council has to um, every year get a very reputable firm called Stantec to carry out an annual dam inspection, a safety inspection. And Stantec told them in 2016 that the Mangarau Dam was too small and needed to have its capacity increased as a priority. And four years later, in the 2020 Stantec report, the same thing was um, recommended as a priority. Um, The capacity needed to be increased. And yet when I asked the council um, what uh, work had been done uh, to make the dam bigger, the answer was none. And that's why the spillway activated. If they had done what they were asked and increased the capacity or perhaps even built a smaller dam further up uh, the hill, um, the spillway wouldn't have activated. And I think that exacerbated um, uh, the the situation and that the erosion uh, was much worse than it should have been. So they can choose to do their work or not. Is that how it works? Well, 
you know, if you're going to pay um, experts to carry out a safety um, dam inspection and they identify um, safety issues, then the recommendations are there uh, to either fix or mitigate the problem. And on every one of the five dams, there were safety issues every year. And yet, when you got when I got the, the following year's report, the same issues were coming up again and again and again. And that's where I was saying about um, inaction. If they'd if they'd done what was recommended, um, you know, the thing the thing would have been a whole lot less. Now, I believe back in two thousand and four, um, there was a report received from the drainage services manager at the time. You might still be there, David McBride. I have in the notes here, advising yeah. that extensive work to shore up the banks of the Mungaro stream was needed. And uh, what happened after that? Yes, well, I got uh, hold of that report um, because somebody who lives quite close to me had kept um, old documentation on file. And he sent me a um, newspaper cutting uh, of the former, the previous mayor, Lawrence Yule, in an article called Mayoral Musings, um, <clears throat> noting that um, it was particularly sobering for the council to this week receive a report on the Havelock North Streams, which involves upgrading work of up to 18 million. So I thought, well, I'll follow up on this. So I arranged with the council to go in and look at the archived um, minutes of that meeting. And when I read David McBride's report, um, it was very clear. He told them um, there were numerous issues. Uh, the stream banks needed to be made more resilient. And he um, sort of put forward recommendations uh, for, you know, high risk, medium risk, uh, risk averse, whatever. And his recommendation was that they um, went for a seven and a half million dollar upgrade um, for the Mangarai stream, which would have meant that it was fully lined in high, medium, <clears throat> excuse me, and low uh, low risk areas. So um, at the end of the meeting, instead of ratifying those recommendations, all they did was um, ask for further information. So that was when they had a real opportunity um, to take the bull by the horns and get on with work that they'd been uh, actually talking about since as far back as 1994, because this guy also gave me a letter from Andrew Kaisley, who's the general manager of the regional council, and he was warning people about um, building structures and putting up retaining walls and other fences and things like that, and saying that the problem was that they may affect the flow of flood water in the case of a, you know, a storm. And in that, he mentioned that the Hastings District Council was currently considering work necessary to improve the stability of the stream beds and banks, and they may require existing structures to be removed. So that's going back to 1994. And then I got a letter from 1999, <clears throat> excuse me, where the, um, who was it? It was Mr. McBride again. He was writing to stream um, um, people that lived beside the streams saying that the council was about to commence a program of the construction of stabilization works on the Mangarau stream. And this, these would comprise approximately four meter wide by one meter high 
precast concrete units and that um, as a neighboring property owner, you would be directly affected and they would contact you. Well, it never happened. So, you know, they've been talking about making the stream banks more resilient for 30 years. And apart from putting a few concrete blocks at the Glen Park Bridge and channeling it down the side of Lucknow Road, um, they haven't done anything. And that was just to protect their own infrastructure. Okay. Yeah, all right, for some. It's quite a saga. So have you got to the bottom in any way of why this uh, can has been, what do they say, kicked down the road and the work hasn't been done? Uh, I mean, there's the money and it's in the millions, but it's not massive millions, um, it seems. And, uh, you know, Lawrence Yule was quite, you know, the local body politician. I think he ended up being the head of that organisation nationally in the end. So, you know, you're dealing with people who kind of knew how things worked. Have you got any closer to understanding why nothing was done or was it purely um, a case of, like I say, kicking the can down the road, hoping that the Cyclone Gabriel type event doesn't come on your watch and it being somebody else's problem? Is that really what we're talking about? Yes, I think there's been a culture of inaction, non-compliance, negligence and mismanagement. Um, because I read um, a staff report from 2011, uh, which was very hard-hitting, that the regional council was just fed up with the district council um, being non-compliant and that the non-compliance had gone back as far as the year 2000. And reading the Stantec reports from 2016 to 2023, bear in mind they're supposed to get one, every year they didn't even bother to get one for 2021 um nothing's changed it's it's a culture it's a do nothing or do as little as you can culture and where they did do um bank resilient work on other streams like the Karatafanua as it passed a relatively recent um uh, subdivision at Arataki um there was no erosion they just left the Mangarau and the Hirihiri stream to go, uh, just go wild. And one of the things that um, that I uh, realized straight away when the flooding happened was it was due to the council neglect. There were old tree trunks, you know, still with their roots in on the banks of the stream. There was garden rubbish. Um, there were all sorts of things that shouldn't have been on the stream banks. And then when the rush of water came down, they all just got washed away. And that's what blocked the private um, bridge behind Joe Road. And then the residents around that bridge told me and everybody else that what broke the bridge um, was a walnut tree that the council had cut down some months earlier, but not removed. And it was sitting on the bank. And then when the tsunami of water came rushing down it got washed into the stream banged up against the bridge and then that just broke it and because the bridge was blocked there was nowhere for the water to go (coughs) and (coughs) excuse me (coughs) and within um you know a very short time um there was waist high and chest high water in flooding into the houses all around that bridge okay so we didn't know where to go so we could say that that uh, flooding occurred or was substantially contributed to by this lack of work done over a long period of time. So basically, 
<laughs> the, the, um, the, the council did it to the residents. The Hastings District Council ended up doing it to the residents who they well, that, take that money from nice, every year and expect uh, them to comply with everything. But um, there seems to be uh, two separate sets of rules there. Yes, a rule for them and a rule <clears throat> for others. But what got me, uh, my ears pricked up, was after the flooding, there was an article in the Hawke's Bay today, and um, I was just shocked to read that um, it says, um, it's understood that the Mangarau stream was not a noted flood risk prior to Cyclone Gabriel. Well, absolutely it was, because in the Stantec reports, they warned the council repeatedly that there was a population at risk of 364 people living below the dam, and if there was a dam failure, that they would be inundated. And the other thing that shocked me when I read, um, in the case of the Mangarau stream, as far as our staff are aware, the water course was in a clear state before the cyclone. Well, everybody that lives locally here knows that it was an absolute mess with darn trees <clears throat> that the council had been asked to remove by residents for three years. And I saw the emails and the historic photos, so I sent those to the editor of the paper and got a right of reply in. And then as I conducted my investigation, I found in the Stantec reports that the council had been asked by, or recommended by um, Stantec to remove those tree, fallen trees in the stream um, from 2017, 18, 19, 20 and 22. And they still hadn't done it. And then they said that the stream was clear. So <clears throat> I was able to refute that. But then when I said <laughs> in my right of reply that the terrible flood damage, including Joel Road, was in my strongly held view avoidable and the foreseeable result of Council's ongoing neglect of Havelock North, North Waterways, they were allowed a response and they put Council does not agree with the letter writer that neglect of the stream contributed to the flooding of people's homes. And that's when I started my investigation, and I found that it had everything to do with the council. So do we know the individuals making these claims? Do you know who they are? Well, they hide behind the council. But when I put a complaint down to the ombudsman, um, citing the inaction and everything else, I was asked to put in a formal complaint to the chief executive, and that would allow them to assess the... um, uh, the complaint. So I asked the um, chief executive, Nigel Bickle, I asked him why for the past two decades had the council spent thousands of dollars of ratepayers' money commissioning an annual dam safety report from Stantec. And then when its experts identified multiple safety issues at each of the detention dams, <clears throat> excuse me, and outlets to the streams recording recommendations of council of how council could fix or mitigate them, the council ignored the recommendations and adopted a do-nothing approach. And his response was very terse. It just said, the council did not do what you assert in the question. Well, yeah, well, that's, that's easy said, um, a bit, bit more detail required. So he was just, uh, what do they call it, blowing you off. He didn't want to talk. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And then I said, why did you not ensure the necessary work to improve safety of the dams and streams outlet were carried out? And he said they did. Well, again, the Stantex reports show they didn't. Well, you can't so, just say those things and not back it up. You know, mm? 
that that individual cannot just say those things surely without backing backing it up no. just because you say something doesn't magically make it so Yes, well, I had I had been pumping all the information and all the failures that I'd found uh, to the chief executive, and he, that that um, response came to me via the in-house lawyer Scott Smith. Okay, so it wasn't direct from the CEO; it was via yes, the lawyer. Well, it was in that the, the the complaint went to the chief executive, and the chief executive asked the uh, lawyer to respond on his behalf. Yeah, but they always, uh, the lawyer layer is there to massage out anything that, that, that people could be pinged with. So that there, that rings uh, alarm bells already. How long has that chief executive been there, matter of interest? He's been here since, uh, for four years, I think it is. I think it was 2000. Do we know his background? Where did he come from? Or do we know anything about him? Uh, no, I don't know any, anything about him. But um, what I do know is that in the four years that he's uh, been in charge of the council, um, the inaction and the neglect and the non-compliance that I've talked about and the mismanagement, it's just inc- its just been awful. And when I said that um, the council should commission an independent review into the fail- failure of the Havelock North Flood Protection Scheme, you know, which failed with such disastrous results, and retrospectively look back at the council's management for the last 20 years, he's just rejected um, every attempt to get anything uh, looked at. Why, why would do you think he would reject that? Well, because, <laughs> because his own failures and the failures of his staff would come under a spotlight and be exposed. Do you think... Um, it's, all, it's, do you, it's all, in my view, a great big orchestrated cover-up. Yeah, but it's just um, what, what um, generates, you know, the original... Um, thing that needs to be covered up is it are they trying to limit rate rises uh, uh, no i think what's behind it all is that they're scared stiff of being um uh, sued and um how i think that is that during my investigations um i, I didn't know they'd had a legal opinion but in uh, a lot of uh, paperwork uh, related to another um, request which I made under the Local Government Official Information and Meetings Act request, uh, the council gifted me um, very thoughtfully a legal opinion from 2006. Now, normally they would be very protective of uh, legal opinions and not give it citing legal privilege, you know, something between the council and the lawyer. But this was um, included. And when I saw it, I felt like a gold miner finding a very big gold nugget um, because this was an invaluable piece of information. And um, it came from their long-term lawyer, Mark Van Adelson. And um, first of all, he was asked um, whether the streams were public drains or what. And he said, yes, he thought they were public drains. And that um, so the council had various responsibilities. And um, he said, um, because I'll just read out what he said. He said, because council and predecessors had done enough work to control streams, there was an argument that having interfered with the streams and possibly not done a good job, 
if someone's property was eroded, etc., Prancel could potentially be sued for not having done something to prevent it. And there was a risk that if council did not do something and there was a flood, property owners and insurers may address this to the council. Well, that's happened, hasn't it, in that case? Absolutely. So It's happened. So they're more vulnerable than ever, especially with you on the case, it sounds like. <laughs> well, I've got a lot of support. <clears throat> um, it is, it's, I'm heading it, um, and I'm doing the legwork, but um, there's huge um, support because everybody um, involved um, realises that the council has really stuffed up badly, and now they're trying to cover up um, you know, their um, incompetence. And they sound very authoritative, you know, when they speak or if they write something in the paper. But, you know, it's just it's spin and it's spam. And um, you just have to get to the facts because the facts will out trump fiction every time. Yep. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah, they rely on people um, not doing the work. So you would have... <laughs> you would have well, uh, you're absolutely right. They rely on ignorance and apathy. Yeah, and normally and they I get it. either ignorant nor apathetic. Normally they get it, Jessica, and they get too uh, used to it. It seems when it comes to... And, you know, we've talked to, uh, here at RCR quite a few angles of the aftermath, uh, yes. particularly of Gabriel, and it seems on every level, without fail, they failed. Absolutely. They're totally incompetent, it seems, in, in handling anything outside the very, very everyday normal reality of, co- what, collecting rubbish and uh, charging rates. Anything that comes along or anything that's preventative or anything that requires a bit of thinking, just the impression, could be wrong. I couldn't agree They more fail. More they just you. fail wall to wall. I couldn't agree more with you, Paul, and I think we'd get on very well together. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're getting on well now. Okay, so with this information, you're not going to leave it there, are you? You're like a dog with a bone now, I would imagine. No, so I have put a a complaint, a very substantive complaint, with all uh, historic documents, um, meetings, the legal opinion, obviously, and I got 40 people, 40 locals who were flood affected uh, to write to the chief uh, ombudsman, uh, Peter Bosher, to ask if he could expedite the complaint because so many councils around the country and other entities are behaving very badly. And the office of the ombudsman, my understanding is they have about 400 ombudsmen, but they are inundated, to use a Well, we, we just, just to butt in there, we've... Um, talk to quite a few people who have uh, tried to complain through the ombudsman to yeah. get attention and um, and answers and explanations. And I've got to say, yeah, good luck. Yes, it's very time consuming and you're talking sometimes years, not months. But uh, I thought that, that if 40 people um, endorsed the complaint that I had made, that um, yeah. hopefully it could be fast-tracked. And I think that's what, if I could just say, I think that's what the council has got emboldened because there is no real-time oversight uh, and they get away with their bad behaviour. The the ombudsman may eventually catch up with them, but I just think they get emboldened and very arrogant and um, they love to um, stamp on anybody who dares challenge them. This is what you get, though, isn't it, when when, um, communities do not pay much attention to electing local officials. 
Because the turnout we know for local body elections is in the 20, high 20% at the most. So you kind of get get what you deserve. And the other thing is they know that not many people are interested, so they kind of don't have to – they can take it easy, you know, don't have to do anything that's too hard. Yes. I, I, complete, I completely yeah. agree with everything that you've said. Uh, it's very disappointing because the, um, the elected council, have I've kept them fully informed, and they see how the staff are behaving and telling untruthful information to the public, and yet they simply don't speak up. Why, why don't they speak up, do you think, Jessica? I think there's bullying. Well, what sort I of think- bullying? Well, I've seen the mayor in action, and she's a bully. I think the um, chief executive and the lawyers are bullying, are bullies. And I have, um, again, substantive evidence that they gag staff, they bully staff, and they prevent them from doing their jobs. And I've got emails to prove it. So it's a very, very nasty culture. And there are other complaints from other people down at the ombudsman, and the pattern of behavior is the same. So, again, I'm hoping that the ombudsman will, you know, put two and two together and make four and come down hard on them when he, when he does get the, the reports back. Yeah, as I say, good luck with that. If you're listening, Peter, you're listening? All right. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, good old Kiwi punching above their weight on passive aggressive, aggressive behaviour again. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm a gold card holder. I'm five foot two and I walk with a limp, but I can hold a pen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't muck with you. I, I hear it. <laughs> no. Well, somebody somebody wrote back to me and said uh, never underestimate a gold card holder with a pen. And I think it's very true because you've been on the planet long enough to know what's what. And I mean, who the hell do these people think they are? They're supposed to be servants of the public, and they've created their own little powerful fiefdom. Yes, they have and on other they people's are money. To on other anybody that dares challenge them. They've done it on other people's money. They haven't done it on their own money. They're incapable oh, no. of doing that, probably. No, so, but yeah. uh, just getting back to the stream, if the council had done the work to make the banks more resilient in heavy flows. And if they had, you know, removed all the um, cut tree trunks and all the rubbish that was growing on the um, banks and, and instead of neglecting them, I honestly believe that um, there would only be a fraction of the insurance claims. So yep. my, I guess my aim is to, um, you know, hold those people in the council who underperformed and then deceived people accountable. And I also want to get justice for the, um, you know, the unfortunate, very ordinary, decent people in Joel Road and other parts of Havelock that got their houses inundated, some justice. And I want to make sure that the insurers um, are made aware because they've paid out the claims in good faith and um, they need to know that a lot of those claims shouldn't shouldn't and wouldn't have happened if the council had done its job properly. And they might go for for the council to get who knows to get to get that money, um, depending. Well, on... I hope they do. It'll take time, but I hope they do. Mm. And as I say, I think that's behind all the uh, the council's denials, the um, the chief executive's denials. And when I wrote ten questions to the mayor and invited her to come to Havelock North for a mere culpa meeting and say we're very sorry, we've stuffed up, um, she didn't even reply. 
after two reminders, she still didn't reply. Oh and that's in breach of the um, councillor's code of conduct. So they just um, think they're untouchable, I think. Well, Jessica, thank you for coming on and explaining all that and being a battler. That's really interesting. <laughs> and, um, You're very welcome. What, what did you say? A, a senior with a gold card and a limp. Watch out. Don't annoy that well, well, particular person. Well, thanks again, person. and it's been great to have an opportunity to get some facts into the public arena. Okay, well, let's see if this uh, helps at all, because, you know, certain people do listen, and um, that can have the effect of, you know, hurrying things up. Let's see what happens. But thanks for okay. coming on, Jessica Maxwell from uh, Havelock Thank North, you. to tell us about that. Thank you. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.